Just the kind of in me pocket I'll fetch me running shoes from the van Cause when you've got all hungry With no food in your tummy Then curry, I'm your man Cause how we all lose it is a mystery It's like the changing of our wardrobes From a dire history But it's the one making us not stop Kilograms is all we've got to drop. La 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 Hello listeners, welcome to this week's 50kg Drop Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, a hypnotherapist called Angie, that I will let her do the full introduction for herself. And of course, the usual regulars in John E. Craven and Big Bobalicious Cooper. Um Angie. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, so, came across your profile on Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. and I know we had a chat the other night around hypnotherapy and this sort of stuff, but the listeners don't know who you are. So, if you could just let us into your world and and give us a bit of an introduction into you, that would be really handy. Okay, so I am Angie Doig Thorne, York hypnotherapist, I'm based in York in a little village, well, on the outskirt of York called Dunnington. So I've been a hypnotherapist now for 15 years. Uh, I'm also an internationally qualified personal trainer since 2002. I qualified as an EFT practitioner in 2009, and I am also a life coach, which I qualified some few years ago so many qualifications i don't know what to do with them but i've always worked with people always enjoyed working with people and i've been involved in fitness for so many years so one of the things that i've done in the past i was a competitive bodybuilder for seven years internationally and nationally i was also an international judge for 30 years got out of it all because of the politics it got too boring but what i've learned over the years is that Diets don't work. Swimming clubs don't work. Um, I've worked with people that wanted to lose weight, gain weight, maintain weight. I've worked with anorexic, bulimics, um, top sports people, footballers, volleyball players, jockeys. Um, you know, you name it, I've worked with them. And, and the thing is that I've come across, and this is something that I said to you the other night when we had a chat, Ian, it's not about the food, it's about what's going on in your head. Yeah, and I think from my personal experience, I've been totally in agreement with this. Um, over the years, and it's just kind of stressy times, diet goes out the window, you prioritise other things, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. For the kind of benefit of all of us, what is hypnotherapy? So hypnotherapy is hypnosis working with the therapist. Totally different to stage hypnosis, which is really funny and entertaining, uh, you know, but it's for the benefit of the audience, which are very suggestible anyway, because they're paid to go see someone. Um, so hypnotherapy is a working relationship between therapist and you, and it's about getting you to reach your goals. So everyone does self-hypnosis on a daily basis. And everyone can be hypnotized. It's a perfectly natural state for us to be in. Uh, it's a trance-like state like daydreaming. Daydreaming is self-hypnosis. Mm. How how do you get someone to that point? Talking to them. <laughs> so I mean, as soon as um, I start working to someone, when they come into my therapy room, you're doing conscious hypnosis, if you like, because you're talking to them about... Uh, what it is the want to change. And it's always about positives. It's never about negatives because they're in the past. Leave those far behind you. So it's always about positives. And the, and the work starts literally as soon as they come into the room. So I explain how the mind works, how hypnosis works. So by the time I actually come to doing the hypnosis, they're already in a trance state anyway. So you guys, I take it, are all doing some form of exercise. Yeah. Okay, exercise so, and diets of some form. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not doing too oh. much exercise. <laughs> Get on it. You need to do it every day. So the thing about exercise is it's the best medicine in the world and it's free. And it's nearly as good as laughter, which is also free. 
because it's about the pheromones, the feel-good pheromones it releases. People say to me, oh, no, it's about speeding up my metabolism. No, no, it's about the benefits mentally and physically. So I forgot what you asked. <laughs> we were talking about hypnotherapy. Yeah. And, and okay, so hypnosis then working with a the therapist. So by the time someone comes to see me, they have all these beliefs about food. Um, and we're taught this from a young age, you know, that you can't leave the table till you've eaten all your food on your plate. You're not having a pudding if you've eaten all your dinner. And then we're taught to associate every emotion with food. You know, as a toddler, you might fall over, graze your knee, bump your head, rub it better, there you go, have a sweet. And then you go through life, you do well at school, you might get a box of chocolates. And then you leave school, you go to uni, we'll go for a meal to celebrate, have a few beers. Are you not feeling too good, feeling a bit down? Well, come round, we'll have a takeaway and a few beers. So it's about associating every emotion with food, which is just wrong. Food is just fuel and nutrition for your body. It's not your best mate. It's not an emotional crutch, and it doesn't talk to you from the cupboards. It does. <laughs> Which, it does. No, it really it does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's all the nonsense that you tell yourselves. It's what you put in your head. There's a caterpillar cake that's been on my desk for the last week. <laughs> that, I've had some good chats of that caterpillar cake. <laughs> But here's the thing, Ian, it's good to talk to your food and tell the food that you're in control. Tell that caterpillar it can stay on your desk because you'd rather be trim and slim than a chubby whatever. So a caterpillar, you can just do one. I saw that live today. Jonty did that. He went, I'm, I would love to eat you, but I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I saw yeah, that well, done. well done. There you go. That's brilliant. Ian was trying to tempt uh, me with it. He was being uh, being naughty. Well, so, yeah, that it. sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, well. You know. <laughs> but you resisted. I did, uh, yeah, I'm well not done. eating you today. <laughs> if you'd offer, if, uh, Tuesday, I might have been tempted. Yeah. I was a bit hungover, wasn't I? Uh, and, and that's one of the worst times when you eat all the crap in the world. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so from us, we're, we're three hapless dieters over the last few years. Bob and I started this podcast because uh, Bob, John T and I and a few others from work got together a few years back and we were like, should we all try and lose a bit of weight? We started a Belly Boys WhatsApp group, which resulted in us kind of laughing at how bad we were <laughs> dieting. Like anyone <laughs> like, had who... a really big curry blowout, it would be like, how many how many sides did you go for? Yeah. <laughs> we just encouraged each other to eat more, didn't we? Yeah, it got it was like <laughs> the worst thing. For you blokes too. <laughs> <laughs> it was really impressive. One one bloke did like twenty seven slices at a pizza buffet. But... <laughs> oh my God. Do you realise your stomach's the size of your fist? No. no. Is that true? Well, you know now. So <laughs> oh, how much are you stretching not. it? 27 pieces of pizza. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's you go It's not the most bed. I've ever heard as well. That's good going. Yeah, though. you go to bed, you can't sleep, you've got indigestion, you've got trapped wind, heartburn, acid reflux, and your night's scuppered. Your sleep finished. Mm. But it's the size yeah. of your fist, what, when it's empty? When it's empty. I know it it's not a balloon. It doesn't go like that. How long, how long would it... What, so if you just didn't eat for 10 days, it'd shrink down to that size or something like that? Well, yeah, you'd be pretty hungry by then and probably yeah. go on a real binge. <laughs> ah, interesting. How big's your stomach, John? Hold your fist up. Oh, oh, right. There hands. you go. <laughs> and your, your fist is pertinent to you because it matches the size of you. Whereas I'm only like five foot four for my little fist. You know, your stomach's quite, bigger than I've mine. I've got quite small hands to be It's quite big on the screen, but. <laughs> well, you've got quite a small that. stomach then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, first year of the pods uh, was a way to kind of hold us to account and talk about this. But we also realised that regardless of all the diets we've done in the past, we're pretty shit at dieting. That was pretty clear from season Not one. Not just you. Oh, yeah. And everyone we've spoken to has kind of gone through a similar journey and this sort of thing. So season one was crap. Like we, we, 
I'll tell you what, we learned a lot in season one, but we didn't put much into practice. And I, I'll also think that it's it, you can get all the advice you want in the world, but if it doesn't relate to what you're doing and your lifestyle and this sort of stuff, it's kind of like brilliant, like <laughs> great, great advice. I can't implement that at all. So yeah. season two, we've come out with a different angle. We've brought Jonty on because uh, he was wanting to lose some weight as well. And we've been, we've been hearing from a lot of really inspirational success stories of people that have lost a lot of weight and changed their lives and doing this sort of thing. And we also got some kind of PT-focused health experts on, a nutritionist, a doctor, that sort of stuff. And from a, what we're putting in and the advice that we've given, this month, Touchwood's been brilliant. We've lost a load of weight. We seem to be picking up some good habits and it's all going really well. But now we're in the kind of state of right i've been doing this site for a month me personally i think it's going brilliantly i'm I'm not craving anything i'm not feeling like i'm on a diet i'm pretty being restrictive from the sense of i'm not drinking and i'm not eating sugars and stuff but my biggest worry is that my brain's gonna go as soon as i start drinking as soon as i start letting something else in and then i'll just be back fucking 35 stone again and going going back around the cycle so what from your perspective perceptive and all the people that you've had uh and kind of coached in the past or done the therapy from the past what's your kind of advice and, and what would you give us all as kind of guidance and, okay and, yeah two things you need to know first of all us humans have a negative bias we are negatively hardwired so we look for failure in everything we do. We look for the negatives in everything we do. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that we're hardwired to resist change. So you're going to embark on a diet. You're not going to eat that, this, or drink beer or whatever. You're going to resist it. For 31 days, you've done all right. Yep. And you feel good. You, you know, I think you're going to do all right. But how many diets have you done before? Quite a few. 320. So, <laughs> so this is the thing. The way the mind works, it can be quite lateral. So given a similar set of circumstances, sight, sound, smell, touch, surroundings, diet, you may or will behave and react as you have done previously. So previously, I did the diet for 31 days, did really well, Got to about day 50 and things started going tits up. I started introducing beer and eating pizza and then I put the weight back on and a bit more. And then I dieted again and did everything. It's a negative cycle because all you're doing is programming yourself to obsess about food. So you might be having lunch thinking, oh, what am I having for tea? You might be having tea or dinner, whatever you call it, thinking, what am I going to have for breakfast? And this is the problem with diets and slimming clubs. They program you to constantly think about food, to obsess about food. So you have all these bad habits that you've picked up from being a child because you've got to eat everything on your plate before you leave the table, before you have your pudding, because you need a pudding after you've had a main course because you're still hungry. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so it's all this stuff that you've gathered and becomes part of you. It becomes part of your reality, your map of the world. Uh, and because it's your parents that initially tell you these things, you believe them. Until the age of 10 or 11, when you start developing cognitive thinking skills, and then you may question some of those beliefs. So the whole thing is the way the mind works. If you think of your mind as a whole, it's an iceberg. The third above the water is your conscious mind. So it knows right from wrong, negative from positive. It's what we learn with. It's awake when you're awake and it sleeps when you sleep. That's pretty much it. And you probably use your conscious mind 20% of each day. Two thirds below the water is your huge unconscious subconscious mind. Everything you've ever seen, done, learned, smelt, touched, eaten, all your habits, good, bad and ugly, deeply ingrained in your subconscious mind. But the big difference is that your subconscious mind is awake 24-7. It doesn't have a bloody clue about time. It only knows about now. So you can't change the past. Next week, six months' time, four years' time, until it becomes today, 
there's nothing you can do about it. You can worry about it going wrong. You can book your holiday, put it in the diary. But after that, there's nothing you can do about it until it becomes today. So this is the biggest tip I'm going to give you that I give to every client I work with. Live life one day at a time. Just focus on today. It's the only time you're in control. If you live by the 80-20 rule, which is 80% of the time you eat healthy, nutritious meals three times a day, no snacking in between, because unless you're a top athlete, you don't need it. Your body doesn't need it. Three small healthy meals a day, 30 minutes exercise each day for exercise sake, not walking your dog, because your dog walks at whatever speed it wants to walk. But it's exercise for you where you're slightly out of breath, heart rate elevated. And just focus on today. So today you wake up, I'm going to have a great day. Right, all I need to do is eat three small healthy meals, fit my exercise in at some time, go to work, job done. <laughs> the past is in the past. Next Thursday, until it becomes today, nothing you can do about it. Your con subconscious mind only knows about now. And when you were bodybuilding, what were you, what were you eating then? Was it the same sort of thing? or? So it's, it's type of keto diet. So low carb, low fat. Okay. Did you so eat lots of while you were like, what, what sort of bodybuilder were you? You were like... I wasn't a figure, don't insult me. I was a physique girl. Oh, right. I don't know Proper anything muscles. about bodybuilding, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll send you a photo uh, on WhatsApp. Okay. And you can have a look at it. That is actually... A, in fact, I'll do that now while we're chatting. Um, <laughs> so, no, I was physique. So, going back to when I was competing, it was before... I think it was just about the time figure girls were starting. Um and so I first competed, there's three weight classes for women's physique. So there was under 52 kg, 52 to 57 kg, and then over 57. So my first couple of competitions were 52 kgs. So I looked kind of like olive oil with muscles. <laughs> so then I was a middleweight, which is what's classed as a middleweight. Um, so when I was in the British Championships both times and competed in Europe, I was a smidgen under 57 kilos. Oh, right. So you weren't like double the size in muscle. It was more, uh, being like shaped. Is that the best way of saying it? I'll send you a picture and you can have a look. Cause I know nothing about, um, about bodybuilding. Absolutely nothing. Okay. <clears throat> Right, there's three photos in the WhatsApp on its way to you, Ian. You want to share them, you can do. Oh, right. What made you go into that? So I've always been into fitness at school. I always did the team sports, the hockey, the netball, badminton and everything else. Um, and then when I left school, went to college, did a year at college doing business studies, and I left that and I, I started working for a finance company. Um, and I wasn't doing any sport. I was starting to get a bit pear-shaped and I didn't like it. So friends, that another couple that we used to go out with, one day they said to us, we're going over to Scarborough, there's a bodybuilding show on. Do you fancy coming? So off we went on our motorbikes, didn't know what to expect or anything. But the woman who was the guest poser was Carolyn Cheshire who was the first silhouette for the Bond movies. So slim but toned with not too much muscle. And I thought, oh, I like the way she looks. You know, so I thought, yeah, I'm going to join the gym. So I joined the gym with my friend. Uh, the first 12 weeks, which is when the biggest changes happen, if you start doing weight training, and believe me, it's the best way to get in shape. Um, great big changes. You know, I dropped the fat, I started getting muscles, and I liked it. So then I went to another bodybuilding show, and then I decided I wanted to be a judge. So I actually became a judge before I started competing, mm -hmm. which then made the competing harder because I was very hard on myself as a judge. Yeah, that makes sense. John, you, you've been toying with the idea of banging a load of muscle on, haven't you? <laughs> I thought you can say bodybuilding then. Hey, it's really easy. Yeah. Not. So he, you keep saying... 
that you want to lose the weight first, then do the muscle. But yeah. are you saying, Angie, that you can do that at the same it's time? Now. So I've always been told that when you're in a strict calorie deficit, um, you might lose muscle. Um, so if you so if you look like in a thousand calorie deficit, you might lose muscle, and then to you lose gain, muscle to gain muscle, you got to be sort of overeat. The only way to do it is you've got to be really careful with eating lots of protein. And I've just decided it's easier to lose the fat than gain the muscle because I currently don't have much muscle to lose. No. So okay. when I first started training, I just ate my normal diet and grew. But the whole thing is, I'm trying to eat really... like fifteen hundred calories a day. Am I? Am I going to gain muscle doing that? No. No. Okay. So I need to eat normal. Diet's yeah, not normal. <laughs> so do you think, honest, if, if he added muscle in now, added muscle, added let's say weight training now, yeah, um, and a let's say. 2000 do you think the weight training will give him the extra deficit to be able to lose weight and put muscle on yeah because the thing is the more lean muscle you have the faster your metabolism works yeah okay that could be a missing hole john because so, you you keep worrying about your metabolism being broken <laughs> yeah the thing is because of what we eat there's so many ultra processed foods around with sugar in sugar is the most toxic thing you can put in your body because if you have any inflammation anywhere in your body sugar will make it far worse it's the fastest staging thing you can put in your body is sugar and when and you it's say in processed everything. foods are you talking kind of ready cereals like bread cereals, yeah, bread. cereals ultra processed all sorts in <laughs> sorry what was that what about mashed potato <laughs> Mashed potatoes, fine. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Just don't add sugar to it. <laughs> cereal yeah. comes up a lot. We've had lots of guests in this pond. Cereal never has, never comes up in a good light. I don't know why it's pushed so much. I don't know why because it is one of the most highly processed things. At the top two are bread and cereals. So here's what I want you to do: when we finish this podcast, I want you to go and have a look in your cupboards. Right, so we've never been fully metricated in this country, and this is how the confuses. So we have litres when you're filling your car up, but you drive, your car drives at miles per gallon or miles per hour. Yeah. But we buy litres because they don't want us to know how much a gallon actually costs because it's bloody expensive. So when it comes to food, cereals and other things, they put the contents in grams. So there's a magic number that I want you to remember. Number four. Just think four, four, four. I need to remember number four. If you look at any information leaflet on your food, your box of cereals, does that divide it by four, the sugar content, it will give you it in teaspoons. Okay, um, four grams of sugar is a teaspoon. Now, you look at a cereal gram bar and it says, oh, 26 grams of sugar. And you think, yeah, that's okay. Really? A can of Coke, nine teaspoons of sugar? Would you sit and eat nine teaspoons of sugar? After a month of not having any sugar, I've... <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't be mistaken by the fact that sweeteners, so your diet Cokes, your diet drinks are better for you than not, because the sweeteners used are just as bad, if not worse, for you. Mm. So if you're going to have a Coke, have a full Coke, not a diet one. But really? water's the best thing for you. Yeah, that's the thing. I haven't touched any of that. It's just been water. I'm a big Diet Coke man when I'm on a diet. Don't do it. Because you'll get to a point and you won't continue losing weight because if it's the aspartamine or whatever it is that's sticking it these days and the other chemicals, it can cause all sorts of issues with your body. Do some Googling, do some research, because I don't want to scare you, but I'd like you to have a look. Like, with Googling, like, you spend your whole day doing it and you get a different opinion on everything. Bacon's good for you, bacon's bad for you, wine's good for you, wine's bad for you, mashed potatoes good for you. Wine's a well, (laughs) wine and alcohol, it's a double whammy. Uh, Because alcohol is toxic to the human body, don't know what to do with it, store it as fat. But it's also got sugar in, which is toxic to the human body, and it'll store it as fat. 
And don't forget, everything you eat and drink goes through your liver. And our livers in the Western world are overwhelmed because normally what happens is your liver processes everything. It'll send fat out to, for energy. It'll send it for whatever to all the other cells. But because it's overwhelmed and normally the fat is stored in the liver, our liver's got too much fat. So, hey-ho, stick it everywhere else. Makes, yeah, makes total sense. We've had a lot of contrasting opinions from a lot of yeah. people. I can only go on my experience, yeah. Yeah. which is what I always go about. My experience with dieting as a bodybuilder, never dieted since, never needed to. I go by my waistband. If my jeans are getting tight, I'm getting fat. You know, look at what yeah. you're doing. It's not rocket science. Mm. I thought I, I, I find it astonishing in, in such a short space of time, the amount of clothes that are now fitting, coats that are a lot looser, that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's been a real driver for me. Um, let's go back to the thinking about now and thinking about the day ahead because we all work in the same industry. We're in recruitment. It's pretty fast-paced. Yeah. And if I walk into the office one day, I could be – and it, it's kind of – it's a sales environment that – you're constantly being pulled from pillar to post. There's like highly stressful environment. Yeah, your, your diary can be completely clean, and then you're actually doing 150 things, which all need follow up things. And yeah, it's just overwhelming at times, as well as having a high pressure from the the targets you have and everything. So, I I tend to find, and I think I've done this really well this year so far to date. But then again, I'm focusing a lot on diet at the moment. The it, it's how to balance that, and it, it, I tend to find if work's kind of the main channel for my thoughts, then it's kind of family lives, that sort of stuff, or let's call it personal things in a bubble. Then, kind of finances, everything, let's say paying bills, that sort of stuff comes into it, and then food and what I put in my mouth is kind of in a bubble as well. And I tend to find that my my worst habits come from the times where I'm so just fixated on work. And I think for me personally, I get kind of transfixed on things and I get obsessed with them. What what advice have you got for someone who's got that kind of brain, but also maybe the, the pressure of life in general is all making you focus just on the job so that you you have to just focus on job. What's, what kind of tools, advice, guidance have you got for that? Remember what I said about living one day at a time? Yeah. Just focus on today. So I have a saying, if someone's constantly looking to the past, they are depressed. If you're worried, fearful, anxious about the future – you are catastrophizing about things that probably will never happen. The what ifs, the maybes, and everything else. The chances are they're not going to happen. Both things are a waste of time and energy. So I get it about sales. I used to work in finance, and the goalposts used to change daily, weekly, all the time. That's why I got out of it. It's too bloody stressful. But the thing is, is right, right now, what do I need to focus on? Well, I'm at work, so family's out of it finances out of it i just need to focus on work and that is your main focus does that make sense so yeah. all right you've got a clear diary there's nothing there so what can you do in preparation for when your diary is over full what strategies can you have to cope with that so stress is when we're overwhelmed with everything the most difficult emotions are caused by stress if you can stress-proof your life at work, at home, wherever, and the more organised you are, the simpler it becomes, then you'll breeze through each day. Why wouldn't you? Does that mean you're you're attributing a lot of that around organisation then, like reduced? Yeah. The more organised you are, yeah. So... It's one of the things I do a, a six-session weight loss program. Um, it, it's not a franchise. It's what I put together, my experience over years being a personal trainer and being a clinical hypnotherapist. Um, and, and it's about mind management, stress management. If you can, Because there's two things about stress management. There's palliative or instrumental. 
instrumental care in stress management is when you can do something about it. So say you know you're going to sit in traffic every day, you either accept it, listen to some good music, see what everyone else is doing in the car, or you find a different route. Yeah? Does that make sense? Yeah. Palliative is when you self-medicate with food. So you're stuck in traffic, you've been to the petrol station, you've got four bars of chocolate, across the near the till, very handy. Uh, a bottle of Diet Coke, because that's what I fancy today, and you're sat in traffic munching, drinking, and everything else because you're self-medicated on crap. So it's a bit like who wants to be a millionaire. Think about strategies you can have. So, you know, put some bloody good rock music on in the car, sing along to it, bounce along to it. Because a lot of the times when you think you're physically hungry, you're not. So another good tip have some water with you all the time because quite often we mistake dehydration for hunger mm. and by the time we're having a drink you know it's like my god i'm really thirsty i'm hungry i don't know what i am i'll have a drink anyway but water should be the first thing you go to yeah i do notice that actually when i work at home my routines kind of when i when i'm in the office is kind of I take this little like energy shot thing in the morning uh, for my brain, and then I'm having a bottle of water. Is that the... coffee? No, I do have a coffee when when I get back to to London. Caffeine in it, that magic yeah. line stuff. Yeah, bottle of water, but I'm already that's already in me before, and and even when I wake up, the first thing I do is have some sort of water. Good. At home, I don't do that. I wake up. And the routine's out, and I sit down. I usually I tend to sit down, and once I'm on the laptop, that's me done. I'm I'm focusing purely on what I need to focus on. And so I think that's why you need to create a different routine. Yeah, yeah, I do notice the drinking because by eleven o'clock, I'm going. Should we eat some biscuits? They're in the cupboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it does make sense. I'm probably just thirsty. Yeah, they do. They all talk to me. That capital cake. We've had some great chats. Yeah, talking to you. <laughs> eat me. Eat my head. There's more chocolate. It, yeah, there is. It's a beautiful yeah. face, isn't it, on the old caterpillar cake? Um, okay, so talking kind of your clients, what's what's the kind of worst customer for you? So, and we don't need like actual name specifics, that sort of stuff, but, mm. but bracketed people maybe would be um, the thing. Well, okay. I'm, I'm going to be seen as being sexist for saying this. Women are harder to work with than men. You've never worked with Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I love, working, I love working with guys, a bit of banter. I can, I, you know, what you see is what you get with me. And if I think you're a fat, lazy git, I'll tell you you're a fat, lazy git. <laughs> Sometimes you need that proverbial slap across the face, you know, because you do need it. You know, I'm not about saying, oh, you're doing really well, but you've not lost anything this week. Have you done your Excel? Oh, no, I couldn't be bothered, you know. Well, yeah, because you're a lazy ass. Get off your ass and move. You know, it's not rocket science. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you know, it's about working with people. So the worst person I've ever worked with was a 22-year-old woman. And I should have had alarm bells ringing when she rang me up because she said to me, I had a gastric band fitted and it snapped. What does that tell you straight away? Ooh. How does that work? Because we haven't had any gastric chat on no. here, have we? Okay, so a gastric band is fitted around the tube from your stomach to your um, whatever it is. I was gonna can't say, remember can't, right can't now, snap, but there you so go. Yeah, shit. so what it means is that you can eat less. All right. You can't eat as much. Not the same as a gastric bypass because that really does reduce the size of your stomach. And you're on meds for the rest of your life, which have horrible side effects. And you never, never eat proper food again. You're on basically blended food. So why the alarm bells rang with me was that if she'd been overweight, she'd have the gastric band fitted. She obviously hadn't changed anything about her eating habits. And nothing had changed up here. So she had three sessions with me out of the six. She dropped £16. Half an hour before the start of the fourth session, she rang me and said it wasn't working. Oh, wow. Wow. How, how does the gastric band break? How does that work? Because if you, <laughs> she it's was still eating. Yeah, it's just stretched. 
Oh wow! It, just, it makes the stomach. It makes the make. Yeah, you just put too much pressure on it because it's eating so much, and it. I just yeah. yeah. I thought the whole point was it couldn't do that. I... Well, it shouldn't. But the thing is, again, so and I'll share another story with you. I worked with a guy who had the gastric bypass, and he dropped five stone, but then he gained four, and he got in touch with me, and he said, "I don't know if you can help me." I said, "No, of course I can help you." I help everyone. So he came to see me and I went through the consultation through my client pack, which everyone gets in the first session. By the fourth session, he said to me, you've been working with my head. It's not about the food. It's about what's going on in my head. Why don't they do this when you go to see a doctor and say, look, I'm thinking about gastric surgery. After his fifth session, he had a checkup with a consultant at York Hospital, which is where I'm based. And he had a right go at the consultant saying, why are you sending people like me to people like Angie? One, it would save the NHS a fortune. And two, you're not educating people. Okay, so from that point, so I, I signed up to a Man V Fat Football League, right? And mm -hmm. I know some of them listen to this. Shout out, man, V fat. I will return. Um, I tend to find that a lot of the bigger guys, and I definitely fall into this camp uh, over the years, I find it really hard to get someone to start the kind of – and I, get someone to start isn't the right, right words. But I think a lot of people can be in denial where they're constantly battling the, I know I'm fat, but what's the point type – type thing i'm not ready to lose weight yet or i'm not in the right mindset or they tend to then try and lie about the diets they're on all the time or secret eat and do this sort of stuff yeah and for me I, i've had employees before like that where it's you want to help them but you don't know how to help them or you don't know how to give them the advice to do it and, and my mm -hmm. actions is kind of do it yourself and hopefully people follow but how how do you how do you change that from your kind of professional view to to get people to open up? I think the the refreshing bit from our uh, diet group, I think a lot of people were apprehensive to put their weights into the group at the start and this sort of stuff. Fair of looking foolish, fair of being judged. Yeah, maybe, and I, I think they're all in a you know that negative bias. Really comfortable with it, yeah. But it's 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 how do you how how do you approach the conversation with someone to go? Like, I also found it quite irritating when people had lost weight where they're going, this is what I did. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, mate, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So how do, you, how do you approach different. that? Well, we're all different. We're all unique. But the one word you just said, denial, anyone who is overweight is in denial. In denial about the number on the scales, oh, they must be broken, I'll put them in the wardrobe. In denial about, oh, my jeans shrank in the wash. No, you've gained more weight, you fat person. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're the statements. Oh, it's normal to gain weight as you get older. If you get into your 30s and your 40s, it's normal to gain weight. Bullshit. You know, it's all the tosh we tell ourselves. So the thing is, a person will only change if they want to change. doesn't matter what you or I say to them. Um but they have to realize they have a problem to start with. So I say to people, first of all, you have to realize you have a problem. Second of all, you have to want change in your life. If those two things are in place, you're halfway there. It's then getting this sorted and actually putting things in place, moving your backside. I feel like I've found, I've uh, um, I spent a lot of months, years of my life there though but not doing anything about it like i know that i've put weight on i know that i'm bigger mm -hmm. and i know i really want to do something about it but clearly yep. not enough like i do have those phases where i'm like oh fuck's sake you and then but the next day weekend comes you still have a load of pints and whatever and then you've forgotten about that feeling you had that particular hour you were sat on the sofa or whatever yeah so it's about focusing on today if you live life just today Today you eat three small healthy meals. That's all I need to focus on. Doing my work, doing 30 minutes exercise. You don't think about the weekend, what you're going to be doing. 
and then you'll get up tomorrow and you'll do the same and have another great day. So it's when you have that bigger picture of, right, I'm on a diet for six months because I want to get whatever weight off. So theoretically speaking, you can lose up to two pounds a week, nice and steady. So every four weeks, you're going to drop eight pounds. I work in pounds because I'm not in kilos because I don't want to be, you know, looking at grams of sugar instead of teaspoons. So it's about looking, keeping it a shorter picture instead of thinking, right, I'm doing this for whatever. If you create a healthy lifestyle today that you can do today, then you can do it tomorrow. You can do it the day after. Mm. And the 80-20 rule is eat, you know, healthy, nutritious meals 80% of the time. 20% of the time you can have your beer and your pizza, but just not every day. Yeah. And that's why the 80-20 rule works. It's why my program works, because I don't say to people, oh, no, you can't have pizza, you can't have beer or anything else. You can eat whatever you want as long as you make the right choices, because here's the thing. When you have a choice, you will make the right choice. When you're in denial and deprivation, you will crave stuff and you'll binge. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense to me. So... With with the, with the work that you do now, then, so you mentioned there about the program you have and and the work that you do now. So obviously, you were in the bodybuilding phase, had had other jobs and whatnot. So you've always been around fitness, nutrition of some sort, and then you've decided to go into hypnotherapy. What? Yeah. Why did you go into that? And then after that, we'll talk about what, what what does that look like for you now? Okay, so I first qualified as a fitness instructor back in the late eighties. I uh, was working in finance, came out of finance, went into partnership with my husband, who was a building and roofing contractor. Um, and I've always, because of the weight training, uh, been lifting weights for years. It's like brushing my teeth. Why wouldn't I? So we emigrated to New Zealand in 2001 and bounced back after 17 months. And that's where I got my international qualification as a personal trainer. So I had a really good business out there, very successful, bounced back, did exactly the same thing here. But there's more sports-orientated people in New Zealand. So I was working with people like yourself, John Smith walking off the street, wants to get into shape and everything else. And it gets boring, you know. The thing is, when you're working, doing the same thing with the same people, they rock up to the gym, what we're doing today, then 10 minutes on the treadmill, da-da-da-da. It becomes boring and with the best interest in the world. But I've always had a massive interest in the power of the mind and that if you put your mind to what you're doing, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. And I know this because of what I've achieved. And I've been through some shit in my life. I've been depressed, anxious and stressed all at the same time and separately. But I vowed I never would go back there. And that's when I started living life one day at a time. Mm. And it's how I've lived for years. So... It's about doing what works for you, what works for you, your family, with your work life and everything. So I decided then when my daughter was 11 that I'd go back into the big workplace, got up to date with qualifications, would go back as an office manager or whatever. Was offered three jobs and I'm thinking, right, I'm going to have to do the school run, get to work, work 30 or 40, I'm going to be more stressed than I am now. Mm. Half term, we went to Centre Parks, and I thought, I'm going to have a nice massage, unwind, and everything else. Waiting to go in, there was a Top Santi magazine, which is a very good magazine, but there was an in-depth article about hypnotherapy. And I thought, hmm, I want to know more about this. So I came back home, did my research, and found that I could do a foundation course to, uh, at Leeds Uni at LGI in Leeds. And it was four weekends. And I was the biggest sceptic. Oh, I'm going to flap my arms and cluck like a chicken and all of that stuff that you think. (laughs) But after the second weekend, it totally blew my mind about what could be achieved. So I then signed up to do the diploma. And that was over 14 months, weekends. You had to do practical stuff and written things and everything. And because I wanted a proper qualification, I had I did my research to find out how you got this proper qualification with this college. And it was a full day of practical and written papers. So the practical were being assessed 
by GPs from the Medical Health Board who were also qualified hypnotherapists. So a lot of hypnotherapists are GPs. Mm. So me being me, if I'm doing a diploma, then I'm doing this diploma and I want an extinction, an extinction, a distinction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shows you where my mind is right now. <laughs> I'm in the day. I'm going to be extinct. It's been a long day. So... I did the diploma and I got my distinction and, and I've done many courses since, you know, smoking cessation, hypnobirthing. I'm a hypno-antidepressant practitioner. I'm the only one in the north of Yorkshire. So there are many things that you can do and add to what you're doing as a hypnotherapist. Yeah. You do with alcoholics too? Yes, I do. So the first guy I ever worked with, well, he said to me the other day, it's 537 weeks since I first saw you. And he came to see me as an alcoholic. Uh, and he won't mind me sharing this with you. His marriage broke down. His daughter was a young teenager. And it caused all sorts of issues for the family. Since then, I worked with him. I've also worked with his daughter for four years a lot of issues to be resolved there she's now doing a phd in microbiology very very clever lady i am now at the moment working with his sister who travels from hartlepool to york for my weight loss program because he knows that i'm damn good at what i do Mm. yeah wow with the alcoholics i think that word's used a lot and i've got a lot of friends that are sober now or going through that sobriety stage and this sort of stuff. Good for them. What's your, what would you class as an alcoholic? Again, it depends, doesn't it? You know, so after the lockdowns, a lot of people were drinking on a daily basis. My view is if you cannot get through a day without having alcohol, then you're dependent. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. What about the kind of binge binge alcohol? Binge drinking can be just as bad for you, if not worse, than drinking every day. Because, you know, say you think, right, Monday to Friday, I'm not going to drink. Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to get hammered. The number of units you have in those three nights will be probably more than that person who's dependent and drinks on a daily basis and is a functioning alcoholic. So that's what you class that as. And if someone binges it every weekend, you'd say you're just a functional alcoholic. No, I'm saying that someone that drinks on a daily basis is a functioning alcoholic, will probably or possibly have less units than the binge drinker that goes out and gets hammered two or three nights a week. They're, but you're doing just as much damage binge yeah. drinking. Yeah. Binging is something I've thought about, fought over the years. If I drink, I go out to get smashed. So I spend a lot of Why? time in the but There's a weird Release part of me that quite likes the pain of it all. I'm, <laughs> I, I kind of miss it. But um, I could do... A bit I of a masochist then. <laughs> yeah, I could pick it up and put it down with ease. It's also a release, isn't it? That's, yeah. That, I think I'll find that. Well, this is what you say. People say to me, if I have a drink, it relaxes me. And I say, really? Because it's a stimulant. Alcohol is a stimulant. And if you have vodka and Red Bull, bloody hell, you're going to be on the ceiling. (laughs) You know, you're mixing caffeine with alcohol. Yeah, great. So alcohol is a stimulant. It's a depressant. It depresses your mood. I do always, when I go sober and come back on it, I do realise that. But then it doesn't kill me. So I end up picking up the habit again and then I'm drinking it gets yeah. worse. Okay. Yeah. And this is one of the things that annoys me about people is that because we can't see what's going on inside us, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, you know, if you saw what was in your liver, your arteries, the plaque building up, and you could see the horror stories waiting to happen, then you might change your mind. Because you know what I was saying about fatty liver earlier? Um, Two two people I know are consultants. One cycles 14 miles to work and back every day. The other one's at the gym five times a week and runs twice a week. Both at separate times weren't feeling 100% and thought, I'll do some blood tests, see what's going on. Both had fatty livers, not from alcohol, from chocolate. 
every day on every ward they would have a chocolate on every ward they were on, sometimes two. They didn't look overweight. They didn't look as though there was anything. It's what we call, call skinny fat. You look mm-hmm. slim, trim, you can eat what the hell you like, but you've got a fatty liver. Yeah. Yeah, I got diagnosed with that last year. Mm. And I went on diets, but I never cut out the sugar. And last year, again, was like trying to find out what the fuck was going on. Yeah, it's like treading syrup. Yeah, and then this year I've cut it and it's really worked. I just haven't, yeah. uh, the weight's flying off. Yeah, it will do. Yeah, it's reversing it. it. was. I was told to do like a vegan diet, which put me off trying because it was like, I'm not fucking going to do it's that. too like. much. Yeah. Yeah, I like my chicken breasts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. Okay. And um, kind of, so back to hypnotherapy. In my head, right, that's the pendulum thing. <laughs> that's what it's, I think. That's what you want. That's what that, I do. Sit down a little bit and look into my eye. It's not around. Yeah. Yet. Is, it, is it that? Like, how does it, how does it work? <laughs> no. So, it's it's me talking to you. Okay. In a therapeutic, so my therapy room's purpose built bottom of my garden. So there's no noise in there at all. I control everything. It's about you sitting down. I will talk to you. I will take you to, you know, when I said about daydreaming, it's a trance like state. Mm. Exercise rhythm in movement, it's a trance state. You go in and out of trance all day, every day. So it's me talking to you to get you into a trance state where your conscious mind butts the hell out so that I can speak directly to your subconscious mind, putting positive suggestions to create new habits, new behaviours, to override those old bloody stupid ones that you've had for years. Okay. And it works. Yeah. It works brilliantly. And if people wanted therapy from you, how do they do that? So my website is www.yorkhypnotherapist.com. A lot of info on there, or you can find me on Instagram, York Hypnotherapist, or on LinkedIn, Angie Doigthorne, York Hypnotherapist. I'm on all the platforms. Mm. Just have a look. But if you go to my website, it's best going there because there's testimonials that go on there exactly as they come to me. There's a video, two video testimonials, one from a woman, one from a guy. The one from the woman is weight loss. The one from the guy was, uh, he came to me as a last resort, anxiety, depression, been through the meds, the psychology, CBT, counselling, nothing had ever worked for him. He recorded that video testimonial after three sessions without even telling me. And that's why it's on my website. It's everywhere. Um, But there's other stuff on there. There's facts. There's a freebie page, you know, um, facts and freebies. But if you go on my landing page and scroll right down to the bottom, there's actually a free session purely for relaxation, a free hypnosis session that anyone can can listen to. And it gives you an idea of how I do my sessions, how it works. And you can listen to it as many times as you want because it's free. Yeah, I did actually listen to that in prep for this session but at the time i was listening to it i was stressed with work and i don't think i was really taking it in I, the one thing i did get from it was i felt like i, I could see like i feel that it was a relaxing 20 minutes but yeah. because i was still thinking about whatever i didn't really like to submerse myself in it and i think i didn't do much justice but i was going to say to you about that particular session is are you trying to get somebody like, I always think about the pendulum swinging situation in front of someone's eyes. Are you just trying to get somebody relaxed and, and into the daydreaming state? That is that is hypnotherapy. You get to that, that point. It's not anything yeah. like asleep or whatever. No, you're not asleep. You're not unconscious. You don't lose control of your mind. I don't take control of your mind. It's just an altered state of awareness. So your conscious mind becomes bored and relaxed. Your unconscious, subconscious mind becomes very alert, very attentive. Because it's awake twenty four seven, it's for your benefit. Why wouldn't it? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and then you and then you talk to that part of your mind, and that reprograms some of the subconscious stuff you're doing to be absolutely. More so, like I said earlier, when I was talking to Ian, when Ian was asking me, as soon as someone walks into my therapy room, I do conscious hypnosis. It's focusing focusing on the positives that that person is wanting to achieve. 
the positive goals that they are looking to achieve. And it's just building on that. So they don't realise, and I've been doing conscious hypnosis while I've been talking to you guys, giving you positive suggestions all the time. Mm. So when they first come to see me, it's like, oh, where does she live? How do I get there? Fear of the unknown, da, da, da. But during the consultation, it usually takes about an hour by which time I've got some rapport, you've started to relax a little bit. And then I'll say, right, so I'm going to do some hypnosis. But I've already talked to them about how I do it, how it works. Mm. And we just go straight into it. And nine times out of ten, gone. Wow. And so you mentioned your weight loss program, right? And obviously a lot of the listeners to, to this will be largely here because they're interested in weight loss what we're doing and also how they can relate to some of the topics we're talking about and some of the guests we're speaking to, to what they're doing. The mm-hmm. weight loss program then, is it, do you set them up with things like diet and all that kind of stuff, or is it just sessions of hypnotherapy where you obviously develop what's going you on? You get everything. It's an amazing program. So it's six sessions of live hypnotherapy with myself. So in your client and your consultation, you get a client pack Tons of information. I give too much information out, but I want you to succeed and you want to succeed. Mm. So the stuff you may know, stuff you may not know. So how it works is week one, you have your consultation followed by your first session. Week two, you have session two. Week three, you have session three. Three weekly sessions, intense work to get changes in place. I am all about fast, effective change. We leave two weeks between session three and four, two weeks between four and five, two weeks between five and six. It can take up to 12 weeks or more to complete the program. In your consultation, you get an MP3, you get a link for an MP3 recording that you listen to on a daily basis. Every session you get an assignment to do. So you get homework Mm. and it's getting the conscious mind to gel with the work that I do in the sessions with the subconscious mind. On your fourth session, you get a second link for an MP3, so you listen to either or. On your sixth session, you get a personalised MP3. So at the end of the programme, you've had six live sessions, either face-to-face or on Zoom, works just as well. Six live sessions, six assignments, your client pack, three MP3 recordings. You have all the tools and strategies to move you forward. And I offer continued support the weeks you don't see me and ongoing because I can't cover every eventuality in life and life has a way of throwing curveballs at us. Um, so some people do my program, come back and see me every four weeks. Some people come back and see me every six weeks. Mm. So in the program itself, each session is different and personalised to you. But the first is about creating a healthy lifestyle. It's about living life one day at a time eating three small healthy meals and doing your 30 minutes exercise, drinking water. Second session is about choices because when you have a choice, you make the right choice. Third session is about creating a vision of yourself at your goal weight and size. Visualization is a very, very powerful technique to use. Mm -hmm. Fourth session is about creating an intelligent relationship with food because generally people don't have an intelligent relationship with food. It's pretty daft, you know, like the caterpillar cake talking to you and, yeah, I'll go and blow it all this weekend because I can. Why not? And then the sixth session is about putting it all together, keeping the motivation going, being consistent and persistent in your actions. Hand on heart success rate, 96.8%. Wow. Bloody hell. Wow. Yeah, those crazy figures. That's that's nuts, no? Mm. But you also get my PT experience. They've lost weight in that 12 weeks or they've got to the goal after? Because obviously a lot of people will take months. Absolutely. And this is the thing that you've got to realise about weight. It's taken you years to get to the weight you're at. It's going to take time for it to come off. Mm. There is no magic wand or quick fix or anything else. So it's going to come off slowly and steadily if you want to keep it off. So if it's taking you, one lady I'm working at at the moment, she's 74, and she's eaten and dieted for years. So it's not going to come off overnight. But we have her goals set so that within, uh, I think it's just over a year, 
she will be at her goal weight, losing up to two pounds a week, nice and steady. Some weeks she might lose half a pound. Some weeks she might stay the same. But we've incorporated that into the time factor. That's a huge big chunk. So we chunk it down to in four weeks, you will lose up to four, uh, up to eight pounds. In a week, I want you to lose up to two pounds. Get rid of that bigger picture. It's nonsense. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. Makes total sense, yeah. Mm. Angie, I'm conscious of uh, the hour. Uh, we're into an hour, so um, I don't want to keep you all night. But thank you so much for coming on. Um, and that's helped a lot. I think the psychological side of dieting is something that is not taken for granted. It, it, not so, it's taken for granted. And I think... Um, and we haven't spoken about a lot on it either. Like, that's, that's the no, yeah. we haven't at all because we've had You know what? It's, it's the biggest part of losing weight. It's about what yeah. goes on in your mind. You know, you are what you eat. You are what you think. Seems obvious when you say it. But I haven't. This is what people say to me that I work with. You know, why do you make it so easy to understand? So simple to think, yeah, that is it. Why haven't I been doing this before? Because no one's ever spoken to you about it that way. Because you stare at your belly in the mirror, not your mind. Well, this is one of the things. (laughs) When I'm on on about losing weight or trying to, and it's not working, and like, you know, in last year, right? So we, we did season one and. Just didn't didn't lose a lot of weight, and we were we were talking about it for most of the year on here. And like I'm talking to people and talking to misses, and like, I'm not. I just know I'm not in the right mindset for it. Like I'm not. My head's. I always say my head's not on it. You have to be in the right place mentally. But I always, if you're not, you I won't agree do that, it. But it's I'm then blame, blaming my setup. Whereas actually, if I get my mindset right, my I'll then create the setup. We're really I'm not allowing myself to because it's my mind. I haven't reverse yeah. engineered it out to my brain. I've just gone. Oh, my work, my travel, whatever. So yeah. I'll blame so the situation and whatever. One last thing I want to share with you. You know, the negative bias and everything else. We don't need bullies in our lives. We are the biggest bully in the world to ourselves. The negative self-defeating talk, the self-sabotage. My advice is stop it. The stick you beat yourself up with, snap it in half, chuck it in the bin. You don't need it. It's about being kind and gentle with yourself, being a firm friend and advisor. You know, it's encouraging yourself, positive affirmations. I can do this. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I want to live a long, healthy life. I don't want to be stuck in a wheelchair with high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes and coronary illness by the time I'm 55. Who the hell wants that in the life? Mm. You have a choice. Everything in life is a choice. Take back control and make the the right choices for you. Do you recommend bodybuilding? Yeah. It's hard work. takes a lot of discipline. I think I'd look beautiful on a podium. <laughs> <laughs> a little song? I think I've got the in jaw your, for it. No, in your budgie smugglers. Perish <laughs> <laughs> that thought, that image. Honestly, <laughs> weight training is the best thing you can do, male or female. It is the best thing you can do. It strengthens your joints. It strengthens your ligaments. It's not just about the muscles. It strengthens your mindset. With weight training, is it? Are you trying to get the the kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger pump, or is it just no. light training? It's about when I first work with anyone as a personal trainer. It's about functional moves. It's about doing what your body does on a daily basis. Squats. People say, "When do I do squats?" Well, how do you sit down? How do you stand up? It's a squat. Lunges. When do I do lunges? Going upstairs. Chest press. When I do a chest press, pushing a door. It's about functional moves, but it's about getting a balanced physique. Get a good personal trainer. They're worth the weight in gold. Yeah, I've had, I'd do be fair. When I was in my best shape, I was with a personal trainer that was doing all of that stuff. Um, carrying yeah. like dumbbells up the stairs was, I remember, a big part of it all. Um, it's just carrying extra weight. So you work harder, your heart works harder. Yeah. Your muscles work harder. I'd be interested to put the, the weight that I've lost on me now and move around and see. This is something I share with my clients. So in my therapy room, I have a cross train, I have kettlebells, I have dumbbells, and I have the strips that you use, which I use if I can't get to the gym so I can still do a workout. 
Because when it comes to weight loss, we're talking numbers all the time. Seven days in a week, 60 minutes in an hour, 365 days in a year, 14 pounds in a stone. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, I've lost four kilo, which is eight point whatever pounds. Oh, yeah, that's great. But if you actually pick up a kettlebell that equates what you've lost and put it on two fingers, that is bloody heavy. Even a 4kg kettlebell on two fingers, where it equates to about eight and a half pound, nine pounds, and just stand with it on two fingers, that is a lot of weight you've already dropped. We've dropped 12 each, me and Rob. 12 each, okay. So 12 kilograms, that is, yeah. Yeah, six bags of sugar. The next time you go to the supermarket, put a basket on the crook of your arm, on your elbow, put six bags of sugar and walk around in that supermarket without getting arrested for five minutes. <laughs> because your arm will become very tired very quickly. Yeah. If you can physically feel what you've lost, it will keep you going. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm going to do that this weekend, actually. Yeah, I'm going to go and get the old sugar, sugar bag. But, but I definitely am going to get a 10 kilo weight and walk around with it a bit and be like, bloody hell. Yeah. Imagine fastening it to your belt and try walking around for an hour with it fastened to your belt. You'll soon want to get rid of it. Mm. So, I mean, the thing is, guys, congratulations. You've dropped 10K. But by God, you could drop a lot more if you really wanted to. Yeah, that's the plan. It's, it's... I want to get. I want to be by the summer. I want to be completely in comfortable in my own skin. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, you can do it. Yeah, we can do it. You can it? absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? If you need any more encouragement and support, I'm here. If you want me to come on, and you know, if there's anyone out there wants help and support, please get in touch. Yeah, yeah, my sure. mission this year is to work with more guys. There isn't enough guys seeking help. Well, 85% of our listener base is men. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they can listen and get in touch. Absolutely. Class. Angie, Lovely. thank you so much and for coming that, on. I really I'm going to have to go because yeah. I have a client in five minutes. <laughs> no worries. Angie, thank so, you so much. And, uh, yeah. That. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, look forward to. You're welcome. So, thank you. Thanks, Andrew. You're welcome. I've enjoyed it. You know, so keep going, guys. Get the right mindset. But the biggest tip: live life one day at a time. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go and carry Love some it. sugar around the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see yeah. you later. Yeah. Bye. Got some diet plans, health scans, sugar bands, fitness fans, PTs, injuries, laying off the Chinese, ball games, gym chains, protein gains and skin tight tops and we ain't gonna stop until we hit the 50k. Drop, 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 no excess fat, no FAT, no curry bag, no guarantee. Rough or buff, lean on me, we'll end up as fit as a pig.